Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I've got one of my favorite guests, an awesome guy, super successful, founder of an amazing community. Uh, and again, we're going to talk today about building community. I've got Tom Ross from Design Cuts. Tom, thank you for being on. Thank you, Ian. It is always such a pleasure. Love chatting with you every single time. Yeah, it's so much fun. And that's why I love having you on is because you're always doing cool stuff. You are a genuine marketer. So it's not like you're doing the stuff and you're not like making stuff up and be like, hey, go do this. Uh, but, and you stay ultra focused. And I tell everyone, you're always doing new stuff with Instagram that's engaging, engaging your followers. And obviously you've built a community. I want to talk to them about that today because you're now helping other people build communities. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, how you've built a community. Because if you want to learn about design cuts, go watch the past episodes. I don't want to get deep into this. I, I got to let him go soon. He has a delicious Indian dinner on the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so tell me a little about the communities that you've built and what that's meant to your business. I've always loved community, truthfully. And even like way before my company, when I was a teenager and I was doing this stuff in the early days, I did a, a forum for one of my favorite bands at the time, Interpol, if you know them. And I was such a geek about the band. I started a fan site. It had a forum. And it got so active, it ended up getting over a quarter of a million posts. And people wow. were spending their lives on there, like just literally living on there, making super close friendships. And that was one of my early, you know, dabblings in community. And I loved it. Like it was so fun. And I did a post yesterday where it was um, a picture of, I forget his name. Oh, John Coffey from the Green Mile. Yeah. Right. And it was this kind of meme that I posted where he was like, there's so much like, ter you know, so many terrible things and so much drama in the world. It feels like splinters of glass in my mind kind of thing. Uh -huh. And I kind of memed it and did a quote above it saying like, look, I'm an optimistic guy, but this is kind of how I feel about social media sometimes. Because every time I open Twitter, something terrible is trending and the world's on fire and it's awful, right? And yeah. I go on Instagram and that's a little better, but there's a lot of sleaze and everyone's just kind of pushing vanity metrics. And, you know, I've, I've got some incredible people on these platforms and some dear, dear friends, but, mm -hmm. you know, scale, these things can be quite damaging, I think, for our mental health. And and they're quite, I, I'm not sure it's how humans and men are live, you know? Yeah. And this is coming from like a, a tech startup guy. Yeah, you but, know, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I, I just think, um, you know, particularly proliferated through COVID, there seems to be this growing mm. epidemic of loneliness. And it's ironic, right? Because we're all seemingly and supposedly more connected than ever. Yet we're all learn yearning for community and real deep connection. And I'm not convinced that social media is doing a great job at that. I think it's no. very surface level it's very audience based rather than community. And in the world of community builders, there's a big distinction, right? Do you have an audience mm -hmm. or community? Audience is typically one broadcasting to many. And I think this is really what social media is, right? You get your influencers, your Kylie Jenners, et cetera. And then you get the millions of fans who are buying their stuff, consuming their content and hitting like. What you don't get so much are these 
closed platforms where people can actually make real relationships and chat in groups and have that sense of belonging and that really deeply human stuff, right? The by the campfire or sat in the village or whatever it might be. So I think it's problematic. I think the world is craving that connection more than ever. And I know we're kind of, we've been living in web 2.0, we're supposedly going into web 3.0 with crypto and NFTs and all this other stuff. But I think part of this next phase of the web, this web 3.0 is going to be heavily predicated on community. And ironically, I think it's going to get back to a lot of its roots where I remember early stage internet pre-social media Mm -hmm. was less vanity metrics, less influencers pushing stuff to the masses and it was more like message boards and forums Mm -hmm. around really niched topics where whether you're doing karate or you like a band or you have some esoteric hobby you can get in there and you can forget about the stressful world and the people that judge you and don't give a crap about what you're doing and you can find your kindred spirits and and you can make real connections and share your passion and geek out and there was something so special about that. And I, I believe we're getting back there slowly and we're going to see more of that. I agree. I, I, I'm not to and, date myself, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was on bulletin boards when I was a kid, you know, dial up and it's like, if you wanted it was to great, doubt, right? Yeah, you know, it was great, but it was because it, you know, it, you, there was, it was almost impossible to be a troll because those communities were small and mm-hmm. also no one even thought of doing anything like that. Um, and you know, yeah. you generally had intelligent people because there was a, a barrier to getting onto those communities, right? It wasn't like, oh, I downloaded my phone. Now I'm in the community. You had to get some work to be in there, Precisely. but I agree. I, re- I realized I really didn't answer your question, by the way. I think you asked me how I built community at Design Cuts and I just went on a rant about why I love community. <laughs> no, <laughs> but- well, that's fine. Cause I think it's, it's, it's super important. And you know, one of the things I'm focusing on with this and teaching marketing is that we have to think about marketing from the standpoint of how it affects us. Because if we don't think about that, it's just going to affect us. But if you, we're going to be marketed to, and, and this community aspect of it is super important because you can be more, you know, as marketers, you can be more, I guess the word is intent, have intent with it. And Mm -hmm. as a community member, you can be more reactive and, and aware. And, but you know, community, it's, it's one of these words that's thrown around and you've done a lot to build a community, but, but before we get into that, how, how is community, how have the communities you built affected your life? Yeah, I agree for the record. Community is like the new buzzword. It's right yeah. up there with be authentic or deliver value, <laughs> right? All of yeah. these uh, truisms and platitudes. But I think community comes with a lot of benefits, to be honest. The downside, if you want to call it that, is that it's a crap ton of work. Mm-hmm. And it really is. It's, it's a lot of work. I did a tweet recently saying how it's like company culture. You're working on it forever. Mm-hmm. You don't one day go, okay, cool. We have our company culture. I'm going to leave that alone and never touch <laughs> it again. And it's the same thing with community. Community. You have to build it forever. You have to be invested forever. And um, and that takes a lot. So you have to really be passionate and care. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sustain that effort. But yeah, I think community, certainly, you know, for myself and so many others, the benefits, they are tangible and they are numerous. There's things like you mentioned trolls. We've had our community literally defend us against trolls. And we don't get many of them, but someone will come in, say something negative, and people like jump to your defense before you even have a chance to do it. Um, I think the sense of belonging is awesome. The sense that you can create something bigger than yourself, because when you have a community, it actually can, you know, thrive and survive without you. 
to the point I just made, you should be in there driving it and nurturing it and so on. But like, if I go on vacation and I have a good self-sustaining community with like community leaders allocated and things of that nature, it becomes bigger than me. It's not like if I don't tweet or post on Instagram today, nothing's going to happen. It can grow and those relationships get deeper and they can compound over time. Um, and I'm kind of increasingly less the driving force is how it should work. You get things like a feedback loop, which is much easier, lower friction. So for example, um, you don't have to put together a convoluted survey and blast your email list every time you want to know something. You just jump in to your close community and say, what do you guys think? And then this leads to things like building with your community, which I'm such a believer in. You can very quickly validate ideas and projects and products. You can quickly you know, get feedback. You can make it interactive and let them have an active say in how these projects and products take shape which is incredibly powerful in itself. You get loyalty and retention goes through the roof, right? Because it makes you much more sticky as a brand or as a platform. If people on your platform are making real friendships and getting real value and feeling emotionally invested, it's going to be a lot harder for them to leave and go find one of your competitors, especially if that comp competitor doesn't actually have an active community. And in that sense, I guess it's really like the heart and soul. So we did this exercise recently where we, uh, we did a, a mind game, a hypothetical game where we looked at design cuts and we piece by piece stripped out everything we did that had a nice community feel about it. And we were left with this really dry e-commerce platform. And I don't want to name names, but we have competitors that are more like that. It's like you have a platform, you sell some products and that's all you do. And we've obviously stacked on you know, these groups and these community spaces and these live events and, you know, featuring our community and our content and building with them and all of these things, they are the lifeblood of what we do. They're what make us design cuts. That's why people rave about us, love us and cite our community in, in all the great reviews we get. That's what I'm proud to build. Not like we're another e-commerce platform and we increased revenues by 10% this month. Like that's, that's boring, right? Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I was reading about Jeff Bezos and I never heard this before. And I think he said that you're either a missionary or a mercenary. And I think we get, you know, there's people like yourself that are missionaries and then there's the mercenaries that are just like out to make the dollar. And they're looking at community, like all the stuff you said about building a community was it wasn't about that 10% or that number. It's about what it did for you and the accomplishment it did for you, which is neat because it's fulfilling. Right. And I think that's a decision people that's a decision people have to make before they go into building a community. Are they a missionary or a mercenary? Isn't it? Yeah. And I I think this is kind of like that classic stereotypical saying, like, nice guys finish last. I think it's such crap, to be honest. I actually think you can be a, a good person, particularly in business. And if anything, I think it can be your strongest differentiator. I mm -hmm. think it could be incredible. I think I well, I know I believe in in karma especially when it comes to business, but also life. And I go through trying to do right by people, treat them well, look after the community, bring value like over and over and over again. And that's how you establish brand. That's how you establish a positive reputation in your industry and mm -hmm. people say nice things about you. And so I never understand when people kind of look down on this giving mindset or, or try and negate it. It's like, it's not one or the other, right? You can be extremely successful and be a good human being. It's just that simple. Yeah, I think it's almost almost an axiom that's the other way around that that you are the truth is that the best human beings build the best stuff. Because if you want to build a good culture in which you have to and you build a good company and have longevity, you kind of have to be 
in some way, shape or form a good person. I mean, there's a few exceptions. We always look to that exception, right? But <laughs> you, I, you, I agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. And I saw an interesting, I can't remember where I saw it recently, a quote about Amazon, funny enough, after you cited Jeff Bezos, saying how at Amazon, the way their meetings work is that the most senior team members in the meeting speak last, because if they speak first, all of the juniors and everyone else in the meeting aligns with their idea and tries to build on it. But if they sit back, they actually give breathing space and listen to what the rest of the team are saying and what they're building, and then they can chime in at the end and help guide it. And this is the way to let your team shine. And the reason that's relevant for community is the post I put out today, which said community is less about you and it's more about the people in your community. You need to get off the ego trip, which, you know, is kind of associated with that influencer social media lifestyle I discussed mm -hmm. and realize that actually your job is to host a good party is to provide the space, provide the drinks, start like introducing and connecting people, encourage some conversation and set the overall vibe maybe put some cool music on in the background, right? But then you sit back and you let people have a good time. It's not grab the mic and say, hey, everyone, look at me for the whole party. Shine that light on me. That's not community at all. Yeah, and, and that's not a fun party either. Unless that person's really, really drunk and they're funny to look. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But even then you want that for five minutes. You don't want that for five hours. No, no. No, you're, I mean, you're dead on. It's like a good part. The best parties have people that are interacting that know each other, you find the common ground. And that's what being a good host is. And I mean, and that's such a good analogy too, uh, because with social media, I've always said that it's more of a cocktail party than this blasting thing. And for the past, you know, 15 years since, so I've always, always preached that. And it's funny that people don't get that, but you know, but I guess you, you said it's work, right? And it's a lot of work and you've got a, uh, I mean, you've got a, Awesome manual. Uh, let, let's talk about that because it, it's really the before we get into the work, you've got you wrote a book, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Like, and I want to go deep today, but it was partly because personally, I get a lot of questions about this stuff, and I was like, I'm just gonna put it all in one resource. So I, I just finished writing the community manual, which is communitymanual.com, and I made it free, which my friend Mike Janda keeps messaging me saying, you're an idiot. Why did you make this free? But I really, I think it's going to help a lot of people. It's been downloaded by thousands and thousands of people in the first few weeks. And it's kind of a lot of my hopefully best ideas around community plus case studies. Because I don't know about you, Ian. I, I really, I find it frustrating when people give me generalisms mm -hmm. and then I'm like, but how? So for me, it has to be tactic heavy and it has to be real world examples because I want to say, well, show me someone that did it so I can understand it deeper and map that to my operation. 100%. I was just talking, I was actually writing about this. I mean, we do video case stories all the time. And it's one of the things that we write about and do about and then like talk about. But if you really want to learn how to do something, you don't listen to what someone tells you how to do it. You learn, you watch what they did. Right. Mm. It's it, it, because someone can think they're doing one thing, but if you really watch what someone does, you'll learn some of the nuance. And that's why I love there's all these case studies in here. You know, you've got 30 plus 170 pages. Uh, and I hate to put you on the spot here, but I'm going to. If you'd say there's three big themes across community building that you found, because that's what I always love to find is like that thread that goes through everything. Mm. What would you say the three big themes would be? Oh, that is a good question. Hmm. It doesn't think, have to be three. It could be two or yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of the start of the book is about getting the fundamentals right. Mm -hmm. And 
I think that's really essential because if you don't like this is business, right? This is beyond even community building. This is business. You kind of set yourself up for failure before you get started. So I see a lot of people trying to start communities in unbelievably saturated spaces, spaces where people are less passionate and more apathetic, you know, spaces where they're really going to struggle to differentiate and all things of that nature. And that is not a good move. You're going to struggle to find community fit, product market fit. And so it's so worth investing more time at the start to actually listen. And I'm currently working on my closed community, which I'm not even going to mention the name of because it hasn't launched yet. And you know what I've done? I have literally shut my mouth and listened for a month solid. Mm. I've sent surveys out. I've had email conversations, hundreds of them. I have asked follow-up questions. I have talked so much to people or rather listened so much to people. My understanding of what they want from my community is a thousand times better than it was. I had some broad assumptions. Some of them were right. Some of them were wrong, but I got so many more ideas from these conversations at scale that now I feel very confident going in. I basically validated a, that people want this and B, what it should look like and what they what they want from it. So that's a, a kind of long part one. But part one is like, mm. do the groundwork, understand the fundamentals and actually listen Let's and see. figure out what people want from your community. Is that, I mean, that's that's the fundamentals of business too. I mean, it's fundamentals yeah. of everything. And that, it's funny because like every episode I've done recently, we just keep coming back to fundamentals and it's like a 20 minute conversation about fundamentals and we've gotten so far away from them. I'm just amazed that people don't listen to their customers and, and like they're trying to come up with all these ideas. And I'm like, why don't you just listen to what people are asking for? <laughs> yeah, go and, ask them. Yeah, go ask them. And that's what's awesome about being in communities. I have to admit to because I'm in other communities I, and like communities of people I serve too. And I'm like, well, I can watch and they're telling me what their problem is and what they need solved. And yeah. it, it, you don't have to guess. And they you, they give you all the copy, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, literally, like on the back of these conversations, I'm going to be doing weekly live sessions in this closed community. I have 20 of them planned already. Wow. Just based on people saying, I want to know about this, 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 this. Like there was a pivotal thing where I would have let down 80% of the members had they not revealed this common nuance to where they're at. And wow. I, I, had, I, hadn't, I hadn't guessed it, but it came up so often. I went, oh, damn. Okay. I definitely have to factor that into this thing yeah. just from listening. And I, I think, you know, people don't want to do it, A, because it's work, but B, because they get excited. They say, oh, I want to create the best community around Kung Fu. So I'm going to launch it tomorrow. I bought my domain live. Go. And then it's crickets, right? Or they yeah. get so head down, like, I'm going to build this thing for six months. I'm going underground. I'm going to build it in private. And then I'm going to reveal it. And the world's going to love it. It's like, no, build it with them. Like we said before, listen deeply. Love it. And so number one is fundamentals and listening. I mean, listening, yep. number one. Number two, what, what do you think is, what was the common ground? Um, this is a kind of a smaller tip. We went broad with tip number one. This is a kind of micro tip. Understand the nature of critical mass. So what this means is that no one wants to join an empty party. Mm. So if you're trying to uh, launch a closed community of some variety, whether it's a Facebook group, a Discord, Circle, whatever it's on, it's going to be really tough if you're kind of trickling people in. So there's like three people there and they're looking around going, what gives? This isn't a very active community. And then you try and get more people in the next week. It's not a good way of doing it. So 
the way you need to do it is you need to try and hit critical mass as soon as possible. Critical mass being when the community can kind of sustain itself without you having to try and eke out every conversation and it's going to fizzle out at any moment. And with the experts I talk to for my book, they seem to think it's around like one to 200 people in most cases, nice. which is a lot of people. So it's like, well, how do you do that in a tangible way? A wait list is a great strategy. I'm doing this right now. I said, I'm going to have a hundred founding members for my closed community. I literally on a separate tab from where I'm talking to you right now, I can see the numbers of people on the wait list growing and growing and I'm going to get my hundred. Mm -hmm. So boom, when I launch, it's not a slow trickle. It's naught to a hundred immediately. And there's going to be a hundred active people who are chomping at the bit to get in this thing, who just want to jump in and start meeting each other. It's a much better way of doing it. It's such a, I mean, it, it is a, it's tactical, but it, it is important. Like that critical mass, because you don't want to be the only person. Otherwise you become that shouter, that, that person broadcasting. And, and mm -hmm. then, yeah, you get used to it. And I, that, that's fantastic. Did I sign up for that? I meant to sign up for that. I want to be a part of that. I have, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you can just put me yeah, on your list right now. Yeah, D, D, DM me. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that, that would be number two. And then number three, I mean, there's so many things to choose between, but I would say nurturing your members is very, very important. Um, that's the fourth chapter of my book and it's by far the longest and I go very deep into the ways to do this but as you know Ian I'm a huge fan of like the magic of the unscalable mm -hmm. moments of surprise and delight and all these things like I really really enjoy them and not enough people do them still so um, you know in, in the people I interviewed and what we've done at my company it's the handwritten notes to the early members it is the personalized voice notes and videos you send, which costs you nothing apart from your time. It is the personalized gifts. It is connecting like-minded people because you thought they'd be a good fit and they appreciate that hands-on gesture. It's the, you know, there are scalable ways to delight your community. And I dig into all of them, um, you know, even more in the book, but I really, really like the unscalable mm -hmm. and, and people like it too. It's the stuff that you do it. And the response is, wow this blew my mind. I can't believe you did this for me. Yeah, it, it is. And that's the gold. It, it is. And it's like always, it's funny that people drop that. They want everything at scale. I, I default to that too. It's like, Hey, let's do this mass email or this is mass thing. It's like, just pick five people out. You know, yeah. if, if you talk to, if you spent 10 minutes a day talking to two people that you want to be a part of your community, you're going to talk to close to, you know, taking some days off close to 700, 600 people throughout the course of the year. You're well past that hundred mark, that 200 mark, and you've developed that threshold. That's fantastic. Yeah. Let, let me throw a little tactical thing on top of that. Actually, I'll, I'll add the sprinkles. So um, <laughs> I, I talk in the book about filtering your fans and this is basically depending on the size of your audience or your social media following, you can more or less aggressively filter down to the core people who are most engaged, the true fans, etc. And they are the people where you disproportionately allocate your time and effort and do the delightful unscalable stuff. And then for the wider following that is more apathetic and less connected and less engaged, you can do all the scalable stuff and provide free content and do stuff like this podcast. And that's fantastic. And there's all kinds of ways to do this. So I, I in fact, I will give an example. Live on air. <laughs> if uh, someone wants to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram, I'm at Tom Ross Media 
that's Tom Ross Media, send me a DM and say you listen to me on the show here and I'll send you back a personalized video, call you out by name and we can have a conversation and connect as human beings and I'll try and bring you some value and help you. What I won't do is sell you anything and I won't push anything on you. I will literally say hi, what's up, we'll have a chat and it will be a nice moment. Ian, I don't know how many listeners you get on this podcast, but obviously the tiniest minority are probably going to actually follow through with that. Yep. Which makes it, you know, it, it, it makes it manageable because if every listener DM me, I'd be inundated. I, I can do it, right? Yeah. But I know that by making that request, we're going to filter down to the small handful of people that are really listening, really tuned in and really engaged. And they are the people who you should want to connect with, right? They're the high value people who are proving themselves as being a bit more of a fan and being super into whatever it is you're doing. I mean, it's, it's simple advice. It's fundamental advice though. It's, it's people that are ready and, and engaged and it, it seems so easy, but it, people don't do it. You know, why do you think people skip over these fundamental things? Because I mean, this is three pieces of advice that I feel you do these three things you get your, you know, we go to community manual pick up your community manual. We'll put that in the show notes and someone could be building a community and, you know, you could have that thousand amazing followers. Why do you think people, what, what's, where do they fail? Why don't they do this stuff? I think a few reasons. Um, I want to be empathetic and say imposter syndrome is mm. a real thing. Um, people think, why would anyone want to show up for my party or my community? They don't always know what value they have to offer, even though I believe that everyone has their own value they can bring uh, in their own unique style. So I think that's that's very real. And that's obviously a more nuanced, complex problem to solve. On the flip side, I think there's a lot of other people that want a quick fix or a magic bullet. I think community building, there's actually graphs that show this. People have recorded the data. It compounds over time in terms of the ROI, mm. which means that it can start off a little slow. And this is kind of just because of the dynamics of relationships. So when you think about it, you don't get a deep relationship in a day, but after two years of knowing someone, it's pretty deep. And after five years, oh, like really, really deep, maybe your best friends or whatever. Community works in a similar way at scale. So with all of your members, what you'll find is it really starts to hit an inflection point and kick in with the ROI for your business and your brand and just the whole thing building on itself two years in. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't willing to wait two years and they're certainly not willing to go through that initial trudge of working their face off, doing all the unscalable stuff, building relationships really aggressively and just helping and helping and all the stuff we talk about for basically very little ROI. Mm-hmm. And the way I think about it, I think about it as an investment. I think about it in a kind of loss leader strategy where I look at a lot of the stuff I've done to build my personal brand and indeed my company my hourly rate on some of these efforts has got to be like 0.1 cent, right? <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I've worked for a year on stuff and I've, I've got basically nothing back from it, but I know it will compound. And when I accrue a little bit of platform or leverage, which I can then use to launch stuff like the projects I'm doing now, it's because I was willing to be patient and put in the work in those early days and watch it slowly, slowly compound. And it's, but like you said, it's not scalable initially, but it's, it's mm. what's going to set someone apart, right? If someone's- It's not measurable as well. This is yeah. a big objection. So it's not like ad spend where you put in a dollar and you get out a dollar fifty. Mm-hmm. And businesses in particular struggle with this. And there's like, I mean, that's like 10 podcasts to be honest, but there's mass discussions about this. Like how do you actually measure community? It can be a very tough thing to measure in terms of like purely financial ROI 
um, when there's a lot of moving parts to your business. So, you know, it can be a little bit ephemeral. It can be a little bit esoteric. It can be a ton of work. It's quite resource heavy. It's quite unscalable. You know, those are some compelling reasons when you're a business that's watching the bottom line and everything has to matter and, you know, be quite immediate in terms of ROI. I get why people are resistant to it, but equally, I think long-term thinking and patience really matters. And often they're the people that win. Love it. Love it. Well, Tom, I'm going to let you go because I know you got to go get some food, uh, <laughs> but we'll definitely have you on, especially as you're, you're launching your community. Uh, you know, love having you on. It's always a great conversation. Uh, Thanks, mate. Great tips, but also great mindset stuff. I think it's very motivational and make sure to go check out Tom's site, tomross.co. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. You can learn more about them. The community manual is there. It's a free resource for now. You know, if, three months from now, if he makes it, if he starts charging for it, that's not my fault. And he deserves to. It's, it's, it's always going to be free, mate. Okay. I'm committed to that. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So whenever you listen to this, go check it out. Um, and make sure to follow Tom, Tom Instagram, still the best place to follow you. Yeah, I think so. I like Tom Ross media on all the socials. I'm going to get back on TikTok at some point. I just got to polish off my dance moves. <laughs> you've done some fun he's done some funny stuff on tiktok definitely check him out there and i mean just from example he tom leads by example and you, you can feel it and how he interacts with his group and interacts with his community uh but tom thank you so much for being on the show ian thank you genuinely one of my favorite people and podcasters so i appreciate oh, you i appreciate that that means a lot to me I'm going to tear up a little, <laughs> but thank you all for taking Tom and I on your journey and make sure to take action and go follow Tom. All right. Talk to you soon. Video, you know, it'll make you an authority. You know, it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.